Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 56 of the IoT for All podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Chacon, and today's guest is Steve Klinkner, the VP of Engineering at Tile, where he oversees the engineering team to produce Tile's hardware, firmware, mobile, web, and cloud services. Um, he has a ton of experience in this space and works on a lot of exciting things over at Tile, which we talk about in this episode. Um, to give you a little bit of background on Tile, for those of you who are unfamiliar, I'd be surprised if you were if you are unfamiliar, um, they are the world's leading smart location company using um, a cloud finding platform of hardware and software. They have over 3 million monthly active users, which is pretty darn impressive. Um, so he joins the show to talk a lot about Tile, give you some insights into how Tile was created, the technology behind Tile, um, how it works, you know, the new initiatives they have going on and just some you know really cool stuff to give you insights into, into a consumer IoT company. Um, and now also kind of making a play on the enterprise side as well that a lot of us are very familiar with. So it's nice to talk to somebody kind of high up in the company to give us some insights. So I really think you'll enjoy this episode um, to kind of get that deep dive into a very popular, uh, very successful company that, that that is Tile. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode with Steve Klinkner, the VP of Engineering at Tile. Welcome, Steve, to the IoT for All show. How's your week going so far? Week is good. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. Um, I think one of the best ways to start this episode would be to have you introduce yourself to our audience, talk a little bit more about your background, any relevant experience, um, how you ended up at Tile. Um, and then also, I think it'd be interesting to kind of touch on where Tile was when maybe you joined the company. Were you part of the original team that, that helped start it? Or did you come on later? And at what stage was it in to kind of get it to where it is now? Sure. So uh, I'm currently the head of engineering at Tile. I've been with the company about two and a half years. Uh, my background is uh, a bit of a mix. Uh, I most recently uh, came from a company called Zynga, which I think is well known and makes uh, computer games. Uh -huh. So I've done a stint in uh, consumer entertainment. Uh, my bulk of my career has been in essentially enterprise. So I, prior to that, was at a, a company called NetApp that makes uh, network data storage products. And uh, before that, at uh, Bell Labs, uh, working in telecom. So I think you know, a theme of uh, doing, doing new and different things is appealing to me. Uh, how I got to Tile, I was looking for something new and different and was, was generally aware of these uh, Bluetooth uh, location devices. I uh, had not realized how popular they had become and the fact that Tile had built a really strong brand. Uh, people really liked the products and I found a number of great uh, testimonials that we receive every day. So that's that's very appealing to me when a, when a, uh, a company has built a, a strong brand and the products are appealing. Right. What, what became... Uh, so that got me interested. What got me really intrigued was this idea that that uh, Bluetooth functionality could essentially run in any device that has Bluetooth and beacon as a tile and uh, be part of a, a larger uh, kind of worldwide... Mm -hmm. finding network. So uh, there's obviously uh, very big opportunities with things like mobile phones and laptops that are super painful if they ever go missing. And so that's what I thought was uh, really kind of fascinating about Tile. Yeah, in terms of the stage the company was at, I you know I joined two and a half years ago. The company has had products for about six years now. So I think by the time I joined, the the you know initial products were out. They've um, have been proven successful. Uh, 
company has really been in a stage of uh, scaling and proving out new business models and getting the the technology into other others uh, devices. And I, as it has been a theme, of course, that we've launched new hardware. I, I am proud that I think every year the the products get even better. Uh, so that's that's kind of where I entered and 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 what we've been through since I joined. That's fantastic. What would you say is probably your biggest accomplishment since you've joined the company? I'd say I, I maybe two things if I if I could choose two. I, one one is I I think the team has has definitely focused on continuous improvement in the existing products. So you know, in addition to I, I think uh, becoming more popular, they've they've gotten even better. Second one is uh, an effort to prove out. Uh, a business model that is um, supplemental to our hardware sales, which is our our uh, premium subscription offering, which is essentially uh, proving out that we we can offer uh, compelling software services in addition to consumer hardware. That's fantastic. So I know most of our audience is familiar with Tile, at least uh, at a base level, um, seeing the the individual device, um, you know, attached to key rings, attached to different kinds of um, uh, commonly lost assets um, that we have as a consumer. But could you talk a little bit more about uh, maybe just at a high level, what Tile does? Um, you know, how, how do you kind of view what Tile does? Um, because we know, because I, I know from my research, um, it's more than just, you know, a, a key ring type asset tracker. You have so much more to offer. And I think it'd be great to kind of shed that some light on that for our audience. Sure. So at a, at a basic level, if you think of the Tile hardware product, it's it's uh, relatively simple. It's got a, a plastic case and a button and a, a battery inside and a, a speaker and, of course, uh, a, a Bluetooth chip, which essentially spends its time sleeping and then waking up and sending a little beacon and then going back to sleep. <clears throat> and so we that functionality, functionality exists so that we can determine whether that device is in, in proximity to a nearby phone or router or some other some other uh, device that can detect uh, Bluetooth. And so what, what the main uh, proposition there is, is to determine if a device is in proximity or not. And that's what, that's what lets us tell you, you know, are your keys nearby on the table or, or, or not? And so uh, that, that uh, functionality of beaconing can be taken to products that are less familiar if you're familiar with the tile hardware. So a, a Bluetooth headset, for example, can advertise uh, Bluetooth as a tile and look just like a tile in, in the tile app. Okay. So the typical function is is that you use your app to connect to that device and make it play a sound so that you can find it under the sofa or whatever happened to it. Um, supplemental to that is, is this idea that we call the tile community. Uh, because Bluetooth has limited range, if I leave my backpack on on the train uh, and I get it, it gets out of range, I won't be able to find it on my phone. However, Tile has a, established a, a large network of of millions of users who have the Tile app installed, so it also runs in the background and and will wake up occasionally and and scan for nearby tiles. And if it sees one, in an anonymous way, it will it will send an update to the owner of that uh, tile that indeed the, the tile was spotted on the train. And so, uh, you know, we have many, many people who have lost items in that way are able to tr- track them around uh, through the community and, and track them down again. Gotcha. Um, so does that, does the app have to be 
um, on on the consumer's phone, or is there a way that it will, like you kind of said, like it wakes up itself? Because um, if you shut down the app, does does it then not is it not able to kind of participate in the community find uh, for Lost and Found, or or does it work different? It's uh, it, there's a, actually it's a subtly complicated there. The normally uh, we would want the the customer to have the tile app running. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are mechanisms through Bluetooth interrupts and other kind of things where the the application can be woken up again if it wasn't previously running. So, for example, one of the one of the use cases uh, for a tile is to find your phone uh, instead of instead of the phone finding the tile, you lost your phone, so you can double tap the tile. It will then broadcast at a fast rate, mm-hmm. wake up the app if it was not running on the phone, and then use use that to play a loud sound on the phone so that you can find your phone under the sofa. Uh, in that case. Yeah. So generally, generally speaking, to participate in the the community of finders, you you need to have the app running in the background for that to happen. Gotcha. Okay, makes total sense. So through the time that you've been at Tile and the development of the product, you know, you're working with the technology, specifically Bluetooth. What are some of the biggest challenges you came across when in in building the evolution of the product? Um, probably more particularly re- relating to the, the the Bluetooth technology, but if there are other pieces that I may not be thinking of that became a challenge, I'd love to hear kind of a little more insights into um, kind of how that all came came about. Yeah, I'd say one um, interesting note for, for your audience, um, Tile is, is um, frequently thought of as in the IoT space, which is, I think, uh, partly true. Our use case, I, I think, relative to some other devices is, is uh, somewhat unusual, right? You know, in, in the sense that we're not connecting the tiles to regularly retrieve temperature or pressure or, or to connect to turn on a light or something. We're largely in the business of determining whether our devices are close by or not. So it's a much more a proximity use case. <clears throat> so that's one thing that's kind of a little different. Um, some companies may be focused on Bluetooth just to connect to the device, exchange some information and be done. And we kind of need to monitor the ecosystem on an ongoing basis so that when that moment of loss occurs, we know uh, where your thing was last in a, in a, not, not to, uh, in a timely way. Right. Uh, so that itself uh, introduces technical challenges in terms of interacting with, with the, the mobile platforms and making sure that's done in an efficient way that doesn't burn the, the battery on either side. Uh, I would say, generally speaking, uh, the Android platform has been uh, a bit of a challenge. It's a, it's a very uh, uh, non-homogenous ecosystem with many vendors and many different uh, Bluetooth stacks and, and so on. So we, what we find, uh, for example, is, is the behavior on one device with the same code is, is very different from another. Okay. So that's an ongoing challenge for us. Um, and then I think another one that's, that's uh, super fascinating in terms of a, a growth challenge that we've overcome, we, we call uh, connected and connectionless. So try to make that uh, as, as succinct as possible. It's, it's a very obvious technique when you're just getting started with this kind of device to establish a Bluetooth connection and hold it forever because uh, if, you're, if you're connected, it gives you a good idea that the device is nearby because if it goes away, that, that connection breaks. And so that initially sounds like a good strategy. But what uh, Tile has been very fortunate to have very engaged customers who in some cases have dozens and dozens of tiles. And so that model uh, ultimately breaks down because you 
run out of uh, bandwidth and resources on the Bluetooth stack to stay connected to 20 devices. And so what that ultimately manifests as uh, interference with other Bluetooth devices. Um, yes. Yeah, so, or another interesting thing that happens is uh, for devices that are ex- at extreme range, the Bluetooth connections uh, break and reestablish and break and reestablish. I think we've all experienced that with our own headsets. Mm-hmm. And that actually is, is, is quite uh, expensive in terms of power. And so uh, basically uh, over the last year, roughly, we've been working to, to break this uh, jello mold and make all of our di- devices primi- primarily not connected. Okay. And so that has, that has numerous uh, advantages. The, the devices are then always advertising. They're, they're more discoverable by the community and, and they use less power. And they, uh, but on the flip side, they, it can be more challenging to determine whether that device is in proximity at a given moment. Very cool. Okay, that's great. So we've kind of talked a little, bits and pieces here about how the tile um, tracker works. Can you, if you were to kind of break it down in layman terms, how would you explain how the tracker works. Um, you can talk about obviously the technologies in there. We've already mentioned Bluetooth many times, but just at a high level, um, how would you kind of break down how, how it all works from kind of once a consumer you know, gets the, the tracker um, and then it's you know, being used on a regular basis by them? Sure. And there's a, a huge theme for us around power consumption on, on the device. Uh, and it, it may not be obvious to a consumer, but it's actually super challenging to get one, two, or three years of life out of a tiny coin cell. So that's when when the devices ship from a manufacturing, they're they're in an extremely low power state, uh, so that they they could sit on the shelf for years and not run down the battery. But when you first push that tile button, it wakes up and plays a song, and for for a minute or so is in a uh, available for activation essentially. And if you don't activate it, it goes back to sleep again. So you can try again uh, later. If you do activate it, then at that point, you open up the app and uh, an exchange happens in which we establish secure keys and uh, tell the device that it's it now belongs to an owner. And then it, it, it starts its life of broadcasting a beacon every couple of seconds. And so that's that's the essentially the, the life of the, the tile then becomes... Uh, basically sitting and telling the owner kind of I'm nearby, I'm nearby through, through beaconing. Um, those signals get picked up by the mobile device uh, such that should the, should the moment come where the customer wants to find the device, it is able to establish a connection, tell the device to ring uh, and, and so on. So that's, that's would be kind of a, a very high level summary of, of kind of the, the active life of one of these devices. Okay. Uh, the other role that it can play, as I mentioned earlier, is you can double tap the, the button on, on the tile and it will reverse the role. It will tell the phone kind of more urgently, hey, hey, I, w- I want to talk to you and they'll establish a connection and then cause the phone to ring. Um, I say the, the use case where the uh, tile is far abroad because it was left on the train uh, involves the community, but the the detection of proximity r- remains very similar. Uh, a user, a customer on the train, would their phone would scan for the device, detect it, and then you know without even informing them, forward that information anonymously uh, to the owner, who who may then get a useful update and find it. 
Okay. Um, I'd say there's another whole aspect uh, with our uh, premium services where we've implemented what we call smart alerts. And and this is much more about loss prevention. So the the idea that you can uh, detect whether a device is nearby or not, perhaps at a, at a particular time or not, creates this very interesting matrix of useful features. So in other words, I, I may take all my things to a coffee shop and park for a while and work and then walk off and, and forget my laptop, let's say. And it'd be great if, if down the street, it sends me a push notification to remind me to go pick it up, then to figure that out several hours later when it's probably gone. Gotcha. So a lot of our listeners um, are very familiar from an enterprise side with GPS trackers. So how do you, when you, I guess, how would you compare Bluetooth and GPS from a technology standpoint in the sense of an asset tracker? Uh, I'm pretty familiar with it, but I know there are a lot of members of our audience who um, only have familiarity with maybe one of the two. And I think it'd be great to kind of just hear your thoughts on kind of the Bluetooth first GPS, um, the pros and cons of each. And obviously you guys chose to go with Bluetooth for, um, cause you guys are more proximity based uh, tracking, but just kind of love to get your insights. Yeah. So I'll, I'll focus in on GPS, but I'll, I'll also mention a little bit more broadly that the, the, the realm of asset tracking is, is quite rich. It involves uh, scan codes and um, uh, RFID and, and many other things. What's, what's quite fascinating to us, and, and we, of course, track all of these technologies. Uh, I talk about this magic triangle uh, where it involves ubiquity. You know, is, is the protocol everywhere? What does it cost? And what's the what do the power characteristics look like? And uh, you know, for good or bad, that little triangle is extremely favorable to Bluetooth low energy right now. So there are, of course, emerging technologies like ultra wideband. And but but uh, when you look at GPS, uh, it, it uh, the GPS chips add cost to the device. If the device is is self aware of its location and, and needs to post that up to the cloud, then you need a a Wi-Fi or a, a CAD M1 module or something that may come with a data plan that adds cost, and all of these things require more power. So uh, what we see, uh, you know, there are indeed uh, industrial as well as consumer GPS trackers. So you you can think of a, 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 you know, a one of these kids' watches or perhaps more commonly the the pet trackers, and um, you know without being disparaging, people joke about uh, recharging their dogs because uh, you ultimately have to plug these things in a couple of times a week, like you do your phone, mm-hmm. in order to have them be viable. And, and and what we see is, from a consumer perspective, that becomes a, a pretty high bar. Gotcha. And these things uh, some, sometimes end up in the drawer. So I'd say what what's very clear for us is uh, multi year battery life is a is a very clear. Uh, advantage and, and you know, consumer consumer advantage that people forget or, or don't have the right batteries and or, or don't want to charge it. And so the long the long life, the relatively low cost and the fact that it is just on your phone uh, gives gives a huge advantage to this technology. Yeah, that makes sense. Are you have you guys ever or do you ever think about potentially building a tracker that um, use, utilizes GPS or ultra wideband or anything along those lines, like just from a future planning or just thought process standpoint? Yeah, I mean, without committing to anything, I'd say you could you you could assume that we look at all of these technologies. Uh, we very frequently uh, design prototypes. Uh, we 
we get them working. We, we look at market viability. We look at cost structure. And uh, so far, we haven't launched one. So I think I'll, I'll let that sit as, as it is. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Um, from an environmental standpoint, you're having you know these Bluetooth devices end up in tons of different kinds of environments. How does the different do, how do different environments kind of impact the effective range of a Bluetooth signal that would then affect the ability to find and locate a tracker or a device? Yeah, it's, I mean, it may be interesting to know that if you start up an app or a Bluetooth scanner at Tile headquarters, you will see several thousand tiles, and so. You know, the question is, does that work? Surprisingly well. Uh, we, with, you know, with the right scan techniques, uh, you you can wake up an app and kind of spot all the relevant tiles within a few seconds. So it's it's actually quite fascinating that the the protocols have been built to scale and they actually scale quite well. Okay. Um, so I'd say the the in other words, uh, extremely dense environments where you might go to a football stadium or a conference. Uh, are nowhere near the the density we see uh, at our at our own facility. Um, what what can be more challenging is uh, yeah probably environments where the the RF density is is very challenging for some other reason or um, simply physical barriers. If you're in a you know a lot you've got to go through a lot of steel walls uh, in order in order to get close to the tile uh, and. It wasn't part of the question, but uh, we when we do our range testing, we we do line of sight. We also test in in real life environments, and we we try to make our range numbers as real as possible. So mm-hmm. when you when you see those numbers on a tile, we are, are fairly optimistic that that will closely match the the consumer experience. Gotcha. That's great. So when we're talking about you know the different ways tile devices used, um, they're probably obviously most people could think about losing their keys, losing their phone, their wallet, those kinds of things. Um, maybe their bags. What are some other maybe common use cases of misplacing like everyday items that we're not thinking about um, that that you kind of see tile being um, really important for, and then kind of expanding from there. How is tile being used in, if at all, more larger scale use cases for companies and organizations um, to to find things, not just personal items, but you know maybe a larger kind of maybe it's something uh, tracking something within a warehouse or or so forth. Sure. So uh, the the most common use cases are are keys and wallets. Uh, there's a kind of a long tail of of objects that uh, people care about and track. Um, and you know, not surprisingly, it includes uh, purses, backpacks, uh, laptops, phones. And curiously, because many of the phones have a, a find feature, but it doesn't work when the phone is completely offline or off. So I've I've heard from people that that stick a tile to the back of their teenagers' phones because they can't find it when the battery runs out. So pretty fascinating. Um, I'd say you know some of the the more Curious and esoteric. We we see a lot of pets. Uh, we we get quite a few. I mean, more than I would expect inbound from people who are tracking wildlife. Uh, there have been cases of turtles. Uh, so those are all super interesting. Um, people put them in cars. People put them on bikes. Uh, we we get regularly, you know, really great testimonials from from people who have lost those things and managed to recover them through the community. Uh, there's a great story about uh, a fellow who lost his violins that were very precious to him and part of his livelihood and managed to track those down. Um, going further afield, uh, we 
we we understandably get quite a few inbound requests uh, for kind of broader small medium business or enterprise tracking. Uh, I'd say we've been cautious but interested there because uh, we've been so focused on um, kind of the broader consumer opportunity. Right. Uh, but what we see, what we found actually through our own research, in, in addition to the inbound requests, but we we were finding uh, tile customers who had hundreds of tiles on their account. And that's surprising because the app doesn't work that great when you've got that many. So upon inquiry, we found uh, people who were using tile at home and liked it. So they brought it to their workplace and started tracking dormitory keys at universities and shipping pallets in warehouses. And uh, uh, there was a, um, a, um, a automobile dealership that had special tags that went missing and they couldn't find them. So actually quite a variety of things there, but uh, kind of what we've seen initially is, is folks uh, kind of attacking a, a small but compelling opportunity at work. And, and then, you know, ultimately getting back to us and asking, could we, could we help scale that up? That's great. Um, I want to get back into the the kind of how you're working with bigger organizations in a second, but you've alluded and talked a lot about this um, this community aspect, this ability for if you lose something, um, others can help you find it through having the app installed on their phone um, and the technology that's within these trackers. So, how do you go about building? a lost and found community while also maintaining consumer privacy since you are using somebody else's device to help you find your uh, tracker or item, obviously. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, let me start by saying that Tile takes privacy extremely seriously. Uh, We do not uh, collect data. We don't resell it. Uh, We don't collect it for the purpose of reselling. We're really completely focused on creating a great lost and found experience for our consumers. And, and we fully understand that if we had any kind of loss of trust with our customers, that we wouldn't have a business. So let me start there. Um, the, the folks who, who buy tile and, and uh, use it, uh, I, I think are pretty aware of the value proposition that their, their phone is used to locate the device. And, uh, you know, we're trying to help you do that. Um, we also, you know, let them know about uh, the broader community and their participation in that and that their identity is not revealed when when the finding occurs. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been very, very careful to safeguard that and uh, to be as clear as possible about how it works. Uh, that said, we do have customers who, who choose to opt out of, of certain portions of that by Either restricting location or, or or Bluetooth usage. Okay, um, but we you know we'd like to continue to be in a position where we have our customers as as comfortable with that as possible. But uh, as it currently stands, anybody who participates in this network has installed uh, the Tile app. So we we hope and assume that they're generally aware of the value proposition there. Absolutely. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So getting back into kind of maybe the enterprise or you know, the partnership side of, of Tile, which was actually something very unique when I was kind of looking more into the, your company and understanding what things you do besides just making these asset trackers. Um, so how does the partnership piece of Tile work? And can you kind of give us some examples on how partners are integrating your technology into their products? Sure. So, um, you know, coming back to the 
earliest part of the introduction, uh, the part of Tile's future that was really fascinating to me was the idea that you, you could add a little bit of code to an existing Bluetooth product and have it beacon as a tile and, and be findable. And so I think probably not surprisingly, one of the areas that we first got a lot of traction was with uh, Bluetooth headsets. So it, it makes sense because these are devices that are relatively small, relatively expensive, easy to lose, and they have Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. And so we we first did uh, a partnership uh, with, with Bose and have since gone broad with pretty much the entire category. So we've We've got um, partnerships, I'd say, with all the all the major headset brands that uh, don't come from a fruit company. Um, so, um, and yeah, we've we've launched a, a number of these products now, and, and plan to continue to do so. And, and the 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 concept is is very similar. You you can purchase one of these devices that has the tile technology, and should you choose to, you don't have to, but should you choose to enable tile, there's a very similar workflow to how it works with the Tile hardware devices where you perform an activation sequence with the app and you consent by pressing a button on the device and then it just becomes a Tile that's trackable in your app. Gotcha. Um, so that's that's one example. Uh, we do have partnerships in which um, the, the Tile hardware is literally embedded into the device. I'd say one of the uh, most common and successful is uh, KeySmart. Uh, product, which is a key organizer. Key organizer looks a little bit like a, a Swiss Army knife, with, but with keys. Um, and that's literally got uh, tile uh, baked into it. Um, and as we go broader, we're l- looking at other opportunities. I'd say the, the major one that was announced uh, this year was with uh, HP. So Hewlett Packard with uh, uh, one of their uh, laptop lines. <clears throat> In this case, uh, there's literally a, a tile inside the product and it behaves and sounds just like a tile and is activated just like a tile. Um, so I think there's a number of opportunities there that are hardware as well as uh, complete software solutions and, and, and in third-party devices that were not manufactured by, by tile. Right. That's awesome. Um, is that, does that come at like an additional cost when you buy the headset or is it, or is it something that is baked into the price already? Um, I'd say the the terms uh, with each partnership vary a bit, but but generally speaking, okay. uh, the engagement model on the headsets is that we we do not charge any type of license fee. That makes it very affordable for the partner. Uh, there is of course a integration cost in in terms of the software, and and generally speaking, they are not raising prices on the devices. Um, in, in other cases, like with the, the KeySmart device, there's a, a tile version and a non-tile version, and there's a, a premium, which makes a little more, more sense when you consider that there's hardware inside. Right. Uh, so the, the model varies a bit, but I would say, generally speaking, with a software-only solution, it's possible to offer that with any without any incremental cost on the partner side. Okay, great. Is there anything... Um... I guess on the horizon that, that our listeners should kind of keep an eye out for that's happening over at your guys, um, your guys company. Of course. Um, <laughs> there's kind of a theme, uh, with, uh, HP where we we're starting to talk to larger partners, um, in a meaningful way. I'd say some of this has been driven by, uh, uh, some things that 
um, the fruit company has announced with with their Find My Experience. It's it's just created a lot of interest on the other side of the world, which is uh, um, you know kind of uh, say Windows and Android. So you know, without any specific information, I, I think there's a desire for many of these other companies who make phones and laptops to to have uh, an equivalent. Uh, finding experience that's uh, competitive in the industry. Absolutely. Um, so uh, what I, you know, and then again, this is very nonspecific, but what I, what I hope and, and what I, th- I think is very interesting that could emerge is that uh, a device that is interesting to find uh, can be, can be found in a, you know, owned and found in a very secure and private way, way by a, a large worldwide network that is cooperative and that that can happen with a, a very low energy and cost impact on that target device. Okay. Uh, in other words, you, you turn it on and you, I, the, a, a very specific case would I be, I, I have this technology in my laptop, I, I close the lid and it's running for a month and I come back and I don't see any impact to the battery. Would And, and yet I can still find it. This would be a, a great uh great experience, which I see as kind of our future. That's awesome. Well, this has been a very exciting conversation for me. Um, the consumer IoT side is something that we don't cover very much, but we're actually trying to get into more um, this year. So having having um, someone like you associated with a company as high in stature as Tile is uh, in the consumer market has been fantastic to kind of share those insights. So I, I truly appreciate your time. Um, I wanted to see, as we kind of wrap up here, if there's anything else you want to kind of talk about or anything you want to kind of share with our audience. Um, you, uh, we just kind of talked about potential, you know, future product integrations. Um, any other news or anything that you want to leave our audience with? Um, I think we covered uh, quite a bit. I'd say we're we're happy. Uh, you know, thank you, and we're happy to chat anytime going forward. Uh, I would say that uh, we're interested in partnerships. Uh, if anybody's listening and this uh, sparks some ideas, uh, we're we're eager to proliferate this technology. Uh, we're, we're passionate about helping people find the things they care about and, and would like to do that in the, in the best possible way. Very cool. This has been fantastic. I really appreciate your time, Steve. And thanks again. Absolutely. And thank you. All right, everyone. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the IoT for All podcast uh, with our guest, Steve Klinkner, the VP of Engineering at Tile. I hope you found a lot of value in our conversation today. And if you did, we'd really appreciate it if you would leave a rating or review on whichever platform you're listening to us on. Um, if you have not subscribed, please do so. Um, you can do that on our social media or in our newsletter to get the latest episodes as soon as they are available. Um, and if you have a guest or somebody that you think would be great to be featured on the IoT for All podcast, please feel free to shoot me an email at ryan at iotforall.com. We'll do everything we can to get them on the show. But other than that, thanks again for listening to to the IoT for All podcast and we'll see you next time.